<clears throat> yes. Unique New York. <laughs> Fuck off. Unique New York. Hello, guys, and welcome to the Unknown Podcast. I am your host, Sean Doolahan, and with me are... Brian Ruffo. Uh And uh, it's your boy, Micah Needner, a.k.a. Uh, f- uh, having fun with Adobe on the streets, a.k.a. Having fun word with pro- Adobe word on processing, the word, word processing all your 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 facts in 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 a document aka young chipotle i literally uh, hate all of this just have out here having a good time do, doing what i do yeah wow today just, we're talking about these. i hate this, okay, <laughs> i hate this episode already today today we're talking about uh won't you be my neighbor a television program for children made its unauspicious debut on station WQED in Pittsburgh. Its host, Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers? Yeah. I want to tell you something. What would you like to say? I like you. I like you, my dear. Thank you very much for telling me that. You take all of the elements that make good television and do the exact opposite. You have Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Or won't you be my uh, Fred Rogers and his show that's uh, more commonly known as Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which I grew up watching. I assume that you both did as well. I, I was on the tail end of mm-hmm. of the Mr. Rogers phenomenon, I guess. I remember watching bits and pieces of it as a kid, but I, I wasn't an avid watcher. It mm-hmm. wasn't until... I was much older that I really started appreciating him and like realizing and, and kind of watching bits and just thinking like, man, this is really, this is good stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was relatively the same. I watched it every day at my grandparents' house with my sister. So we would watch it like every single day. Um, and like my grandparents had every single episode like on VHS. So if that tells oh, wow. you how old I am <laughs> and how old I feel. <laughs> But, uh, what is a VHS? What is VHS? But yeah, so I was very, very excited to see this. Yeah, I um, he I, I my situation was pretty similar to yours, Brian. I my grandma babysat me all the time uh, growing up. Um, when it was even before Justin was born. So, um, but I remember distinctly watching Mister Rogers all the time. Um, and it's weird too. There's a lot going on with my grandpa right now, health-wise and and such. And my grandpa dresses exactly like Mister Rogers. <laughs> he does not act like Mister Rogers, but he looks exactly like Mister Rogers. Yeah. Um. So watching this was kind of weird, and just the emotional things going on with all of that. So, yeah. Right. Um, That's like how my grandpa but, was too. Except my grandpa smoked yeah. a pipe, but like he was very yeah. much like Mister Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was weird seeing, cause I, I remember the episodes a little bit and I remember the, um, I'm already blanking on the name of the, uh, the imagination land that it, the train, the trolley goes to. Oh yeah. And I was like, I, I the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, that's what I thought it was. It was just like the neighborhood. Yeah. Is that what it is? Am I, th- it, it might be, I, I don't okay. remember, but that's what I thought. Okay. Um, like I remember that, 
uh, but I, I I couldn't have told you anything about the episode if I didn't see the documentary. It was like all coming back in flashes. Like, oh my god, I remember like all this stuff happening all the time. Yeah, and it was interesting just seeing how, like, watching Fred Rogers talk. He was a very he was a slow. He's a ruminator. He, he's somebody yeah. who, who sits and stews on his thoughts and his words to make sure whatever he says comes across exactly as he means, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah, it's different from so much that we're used to now. Everything is very instant quick and needed now, and mm-hmm. he took his time. And it was, I, I mean, even when he started the show in the, what was it, the early 60s? I uh, think, yeah, the I first. Think so. 68, I thought. 68? I, I thought it was 68, because okay. that was like the significance uh, I know this is a spo- I'm not really spoiler, but I know I think that was the significance of having the officer uh, go in the pool, because like that was like the okay. year uh, that the hotel owner was dumping chemicals into the pool with the black families. I thought that was just a couple of years in uh, for some reason. You know, it could be. I th- I thought it was 68, maybe it was like 66 or something, but yeah. In okay. my head, it was like 64 or something. Yeah, there. it could be. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it was roughly in the 60s, but even at that time, that's when TV was kind of shifting, and they talk about it in the documentary, how, you know, this stuff's shifting, and it's going to, like, really action flash cartoons and, you know, crazy quick uh, things, and his big thing was uh, looking out for children and, like, what they're getting exposed to, and TV was a huge thing. Um, I mean, it still is a huge thing, but at that time, it was a brand new thing. I feel like it's kind of what cell phones have become for everybody, where everybody's got their cell phones, and it was like everyone was kind of starting to get TVs at this point. Yeah. It was becoming more of a norm. It's almost so. like the modern day Mr. Rogers would be like, sit in front and have a conversation with another person, because we're all wrapped up in our, our phones and ourselves, and what's in front of what's in front of our fingers, not what not what's in front of us. I know that you two are definitely more avid documentary watchers than I am. I'm not... I wouldn't say I, I do watch them, but I feel like you two seek them out more than I do. So mm-hmm. would you think, like, how did this compare in regards to others or other I, documentaries that you guys I, I, I thought it was great. Um, I, it's hard to say kind of going into it, what to expect, you know, I, I, from li- limited trailer viewings, it seems mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it was going to be about him and the show and just kind of, I, I guess I didn't really know what I was walking into. But that's like exactly what it was. Um, so I, from from the traditionalist definition of what a documentary is, which is just documenting what happens, you know, showing what what is going on in a situation or a scenario, it did that well. In terms of, is it the most dramatic documentary? Definitely not. Is it the most like compelling or the most... Um, your mind's going to be blown. No, it's not going to do that. But it is a very compelling story um, in such a way that while you're watching it, you you both feel kind of a little bit vulnerable and a little bit... Your mind just kind of takes a break and opens up a bit. And it just kind of makes you realize how good of a person he was. And I think that was the o- that was the only goal of the documentary. And so... In, as far as that's concerned, I would say it's a very well-made documentary in that it did exactly what it set out for. It showed you, hey, uh, Mr. Rogers is just, he, he was just such a good person, 
against all humanity's beliefs that that was even possible. Like he was just a good, he was a beacon of kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely would agree that I, it, it made me feel like I was watching an old uh, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood episode. It's just like, it's not going to change your opinion on him if if you, your opinion was positive or negative about him. So I don't, I don't think, I don't even think that was a goal, but I just figured I would say it. But I mean, it was definitely, it just makes you feel good. Just as like how, I think it comes out, it comes out as a time right now, especially where we just need to kind of shut our brain off for like a couple hours. And it makes you remember that there are really just really fucking good people out in the world. Mm-hmm. That was to, that was to me one of the sorry if I'm getting ahead of myself, but Kara and I kind of talked about that. And that it's just so one of the things from watching it. It's so hard to believe anymore that just like somebody could just want to be that good, that that good of a person. Just like just mm-hmm. out of the kindness yeah. of the heart. <laughs> yeah, no, like no my goals. Instinct... Just I just want to be a nice person today. Yeah. So, like, my instinct half the time was to be like, this seems like it would be creepy, but I wasn't finding it creepy. I just kept thinking, like, this this should be or this would be creepy. And it's just, like, realizing that, no, like, he, Fred Rogers just literally is or was a just a good person a good deep one. down to his core. And that's what makes it so not creepy is that, like, nothing is malicious or usurping he's just his heart he's, he's, is just so genuine yeah uh, i was literally gonna say he's genuine yeah um yeah i feel like that's the cynicism in all of us we're kind of yeah we're all kind of expecting the worst of certain things and then not that you know mr rogers has their show's been around forever you know so it's not to say that it's new but it's refreshing to know that there's something out there and there's hopefully other people like him out there. Um, but there's, well, it's, like, it's like that clip it, it, somewhere in the middle where he's in front of the newscaster and, and the newscaster is just like, I, I, I got to ask, you know, just like, I, are you square? Like, are, are you a straight man? Mm-hmm. As if like, oh, okay, if you were gay, this all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh, like, if you're gay, I, just, yeah. I definitely yeah. have that vibe too. Like, oh, no, yeah, but like, sense, to, to, to a more politically correct uh, angle modernly like it, it's still the same th- questions just not that specific angle you know it's still like is he really that genuine is he you know like if he was still here today i feel like a lot of people would still just say are you re- are you really you or are you just putting on like an act to sell ads or are you just like do you like kids or like little kids you know i don't know yeah. i feel like it'd be like similar questions because it's just so hard to believe that uh, somebody could just especially at that age in that medium be that good of a person mm-hmm. that was uh one of the i remember seeing that lifetime achievement award but when he brought that kid on that uh was suffering from that illness yeah. and then they showed up later and so you're seeing this genuine like he listens to the kids and when and those are yeah. always my favorite moments watching when um, he had that live show. I think it was one of his first live shows or something that he did. He, I think he went to Pittsburgh or something. And the, he's sitting on stage, and there's that line out the door. So there's all these kids coming up, and they're all walking up to the stage. And they, like, you know, he's like sitting and he's listening. Like you can see him genuinely listening to these kids. Yeah. And it's something that I, I feel that you rarely see anywhere. You don't see anyone kind of taking time to listen what the kids say and uh, to see 
I just see him do that is amazing. Yeah. And it's such a small thing. It's not a like a grand thing, but it's no, such yeah. a it's the smallest thing and it makes the biggest difference and he really drives that home. And it's not even like he's ramming it in your face or anything either. He's just kind of showing you and it's you know when he's Well, so that's just, that's another thing Karen and I talked about was it it's not like he's sending this broad group of people a message. It's not like he's saying like, listen world to my spiel. He literally, and he says at some point in the documentary and in some footage, he says this, he's trying to talk to you, you specifically, the viewer, one viewer, Mm -hmm. not everybody. And that's what was so just profound is that he just wants you specifically you, the one person that you are in your own head watching right now, he wants you to know that you have value, you are loved, you are special, and that you can do, you can go forward, and you, you nothing needs to be, you don't need to be special, you already are. Like, you don't need to do mm-hmm. anything, you know, and that's what's so I love how they profound that about it. Too, at the end, how, like... They brought up that Fox and Friends news segment. I was just like, it's Mr. Rogers to blame for the the kids thinking yeah. they're special. And I was I, literally about to bring that I up. I just loved how they brought that up. <laughs> At the end, they explained, like, no, he does not like saying specifically every kid is special. But, like, he, I love how they explained what he meant by when he said that every kid is special. And I thought that was a really nice moment. Because yeah. it, yeah. it made me feel like, like, oh, shit, like, Mr. Rogers is talking again to me. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, that's that's what made the biggest impact on me that whole time was like it was one of the commencement speeches in the documentary that he was making um, where he he specific he his message is you don't need to be successful. You don't need to be this big thing to be loved and to to be valued you know, you just, you already are as you are. I value you. You as a person contribute to society already just by being who you are. And to me, Mm -hmm. that was like this, like, that was the most emotionally like shaking thing that I threw out the whole experience for me. Cause you know, you're watching this guy just tell you, Hey, listen, you can be an utter failure at your job or at your hobbies, or you could be a total success or you, anything, it doesn't matter. But no matter how successful or unsuccessful you are, it doesn't matter because you're loved. I loved you. I love you, and you matter, and you have value, and that's that's all that matters. Is you you as a person have value? To me, I was listening to that just being like, I oh fuck, like <laughs> here we go. I'm gonna cry. Yeah, I my yeah. I think my favorite part of the whole documentary was they showed him towards probably say seventy five seventy five percent of the way through. Uh, that he had his demons. Like he definitely yeah. was not like the character, and I, I thought that was a nice touch to show. Like, yeah, this guy was a hero, quote unquote, but he definitely battled his own shit. And I thought that was a really nice little like grounded. Like, no, this guy was real, and he brought joy to so many people. But he also was real in the sense that he had problems, and he had to right, learn. That, how to that do was with like it. the the letter to his wife right uh yeah yeah definitely like i don't know if i can beat it or handle uh his depression i thought that was really neat yeah um 
that was one thing Amber and I talked about it was, uh, I think it's the one thing I wish it would have talked about more was they talk about all his illnesses when he was a kid. They like, they grazed oh, over Oh yeah, it, they know, totally and, glossed over that. Yeah. And it's like, uh, how do you not talk more about that? You yeah. Know? And it, it, it makes sense. Cause I feel like that's the huge thing of what shapes him. And they bring that up early. Uh, late, it might be at that point. It might be later. I can't remember the uh, exact pacing or like when it came about, but you know, he got like he was bullied. He was picked on, and he was, you know, he was sick all the time. And I feel like these are the kinds of things that help shape you. And it would be incredibly yeah. interesting to see the things that shape Mister Rogers. No, you know? I, I totally agree. So that the, I had two moments like that, and and so that was what you're talking about, where they briefly, like, literally in like 20 seconds, it was like, oh yeah, he was sick all the time. He didn't like doctors, and that w- that was it. That's all they said, and that yeah. was their way of introducing how he died of cancer, which, mm-hmm. whatever, like, whatever. But I would, I mm-hmm. would have loved to hear more about that. But then the second time um, was the one of the cameramen was like, "Oh yeah, that was in his Fat Freddy days," mm-hmm. and they very, you know, like it took they took a minute yeah. to gloss over how he was like overweight and bullied for about twenty seconds. Yeah, but that could have been a very big moment too yeah there was that the other thing i think we talked about too was his kids the um, i honest i didn't i don't know anything about him outside him being mr you know fred rogers being right, mr rogers right. and stuff like I, I didn't know he was married i assumed he was married right and i didn't know he had kids and they talked about the kids and just the, him having kids alone is like oh my god what was it like living with mr rogers and they didn't dive too much they said it's basically like living with the second jesus christ yeah yeah that was one one kid yeah and so i understand the documentary kind of wanting to shape mr not i'm i'm not saying that of oh mr rogers is probably just uh, an asshole at home sort of thing because that is 100 percent not the vibe i got yeah but i imagine he was a strict father to a point um and the kids seem to be well-functioning you know people based on that by limited screen time yeah i i tried looking up uh, what his kids were doing now, but all mm-hmm. I could, all that was uh, coming up on Google was watch this documentary that just came out. So I'm, yeah, it, I, I feel like it's it's kind of hard to research them right now. Yeah, I also so. didn't try very hard, so <laughs> so <laughs> I put in minimal effort. Yeah, so don't really, I, I, uh... I put in about fourteen percent effort. <laughs> um, but I kind of wish they would have touched on that too, because I feel like. That would have been an interesting thing about how the like the family functioning because, I mean, being a kid of Mister Rogers, where his sole purpose is to help shape kids and make them be completely okay with their emotions and talk and talk about these very dreadful, terrible things sometimes that you don't want to talk about. I feel like that is a lot of pressure on these kids, or maybe it was easier for them. I don't know because. They had such an open relationship with their yeah. parents, which sometimes is not the easiest thing to have. Yeah. So I don't know. I was kind of hoping they would dive more into that. I feel like those were my complaints of the documentary watching it, but I feel like in the broad spectrum of issues, yeah, that's not you know no no no. I I would agree. If I had any complaints, it would be and just I I would want it to dig further in a couple of different areas. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would definitely have loved to learn more about his kids because I really want to know what it was like to have fucking literally Mr. Rogers as a dad. Yeah. 
I'm curious too because I honestly forgot, which is crazy to forget that Tom Hanks is playing him in the biopic they're making of him. So, yeah, you know, which I'm, I'm even like just doubly excited for at this point. Yeah, for sure. So maybe I don't know what source they're going to be pulling that from. Um, I imagine there's been books written about him and stuff, and I'd imagine but, just multiple at this mm-hmm. point. So maybe they'll dive more into him outside the show. I mean, they'll have to. You can't just go off of the documentary or whatnot. Um, I really like to all the old footage that they had of him. I've never, I mean, my image of Mr. Rogers constantly was early nineties, Mr. Rogers, you know, he wasn't like super old, but he was definitely older, but seeing him super young was really awesome to see. And I couldn't believe how much footage they had, especially how, like when it opened and he's at the piano playing and then he's just talking to yeah. the camera. So you I, know? I, yeah, I was talking with my dad and like he and I both were just kind of like, what how i'm so surprised that that footage exists Mm -hmm. like that that clearly wasn't you know it makes sense for the footage to be there uh when he's on set but the amount of footage they had from him from just like personal in-house interviews or something like that Mm -hmm. like it seemed like they just had like a friend or somebody who was just like hey come over and let me record you i i'm trying out my new camcorder or I, i don't know it just it was, it was a very personal it seemed like it was in his own house um and yeah that that whole bit the, those segments from where it seemed like he was young and, and in someone's living room like both I, you know i was just fascinated by that i will say uh when the music from the trailer occurred like you know 12 minutes into the movie i started to mm-hmm. like tear up a bit specifically mm. because like the, the emotions from the trailer were already popping up and i cried mm. during the trailer so i was just like oh man this yeah. is this is not gonna be good it's so weird to me how music especially in stuff like this can just like plow how, emotions, yeah how strong you know? of an effect it has yeah that stuff always amazes me and uh that music with- like like from the trailer alone I think the music is what made me cry. Like, yeah. like watching the trailer the very first time, I, I remember tearing up. And I think it's specifically because of that horn music that's in the second half of the trailer. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, tactically, they did a, such a good job. Like, that, yeah. that music alone clinched my emotions, which clinched my desire to see the documentary. Yeah. I thought it was cool how they showed the crew because i honestly until they were showing them doing the set and stuff i never actively thought like oh yeah who are the people that filmed him yeah on set all these years doing it and i loved the one guy who he like he had tattoos all like yeah I, the, if the, i saw this he's guy like the, the big street, tattooed guy who, yeah oh, that guy's a bastard or whatever you see this guy and you are 100 not gonna look like i bet you this guy worked he was like one of the floor directors for <laughs> I mr bet this guy was friends with fred roger <laughs> yeah and then him telling the story of showing his ass or taking the pictures of the camera. Yeah. And so, and I love that because it showed uh, uh, Mr. Rogers' sense of humor. You know, he wasn't yeah. he wasn't a prude, I guess, to say. Well, no, it, it, I, I feel like it was like all that was to say was that he was genuine. He, yeah. he, he Whether you were four or 40, he wants you to know you're loved and you are a good person. And so it's like even if you're some – 
at the time I'm sure the dude was like probably 25 or something, but just like, Hey, look, you're 25. You got tattoos. You're going to take a picture of your ass, whatever. That's funny. You're that's funny. Uh, we're not obviously not airing that anywhere, but that's funny. And you're a good person and you have a good sense of humor and I love you. And that's what he was good at. He was. And I feel like we need a Mr. I. I'm curious how he would be right now if he was still around because I feel like yeah. that kind of stuff is 100 Well, that's so that was kind of – I brought this up with Kara. Um, specifically today related to, like, political stuff, I, you know, I, I had kind of – sort of did like a double take when in the documentary it was like oh uh, Fred Rogers was a a lifelong registered Republican but then I had to remind myself that okay 20 years ago being a Republican wasn't this as it is currently in today yeah yeah, like today if, if you say like yo I'm a Republican like what you're basically saying is you're aligning yourself with this very anti-humanistic rhetoric of trump but Mm -hmm. you know even as much as 10 15 years ago you could get away with saying that and still be like yeah like whatever i'm this way or that way um and and so like i would be really curious to hear what he had to say or what he would have to say now um because i i guarantee he would not be for anything that's happening oh 100% 100% not at all. So, yeah, it would just be interesting to kind of get his take on it all. I mean, this whole thing is about loving your neighbor and everything. Is. Exactly. They're literally tearing kids away from families yeah. and yeah, all that, he's, just all this stuff. There's just no way. <laughs> no. It would be... It'd be something. That's for sure. Makes me curious, to say yeah. the least. What could be? Um, is there anything else you guys would want to bring up? I can't. That's, I'm trying I mean, to think of. I feel like I hit the the. It's hard the to talk to my you notes. in deep about in depth about a documentary to begin with, but I, I feel like we hit a lot of it. It's just yeah. I wish I opened up in a lot more theaters because I know Liz and I had to drive. Why well, and, and you and Kara, Micah, you guys had to drive all the way to Cherville to see it. Which is yeah. like a forty-five minute drive, so I wish it just yeah. opened up a lot more theaters. They did open up a Showtime in Portage. Yeah, uh, I Friday. saw that. I was like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> then uh, Swiss Army Man was like that too. I think. Yeah, yeah like something. Three well, days that's that's the annoying that. part is that it'll always open in Cherville, and you'll go to like the website, and it'll say, "Nope, not expanding anywhere." But then literally like five days later portals would be like hey we're getting it it was just like a last day order that got approved or something yeah. something like hey, that we expanded here at yeah. least yeah it's um, whatever i mean it would have been the same it, price an extra it was 15 worth. minutes of driving yeah it's worth the drive yeah, it's definitely yeah. Uh, i lucked out my my drive was about two and a half minutes so i hate you, yeah, you can look more uh, at karen and i drove 45 minutes both ways <laughs> it, it, drove, took, it took four hours out of my day uh it took two tops so it was pretty solid go jump but, off the bridge okay just kidding i go. love you this is a mr no this is not, I love not very mr Unconditionally. i love you I love every you way that you are that whether you are. you're 10 minutes away from a theater or a million wow did did you guys cry at all I during the documentary i yeah, I I didn't I didn't like I swelled up. 
I, 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 I came didn't. close at I the didn't. end for sure, and then I definitely came close when he was with uh, the little boy that was in like yeah. in the wheelchair talking to him. Yeah, yeah. So those those the, two spots um, for sure. Yeah, the sequences with him and the kids always kind of got to me. I always think of Justin with this sort of stuff, and yeah. so like him listening to that girl, she was handing him something, and you could just see like he's intently listening to her, and she's kind of struggling, but he's just patient. Yeah, and so like that part got to me. Dude, that, that scene was great, by the way. Like, yeah, like like how fu- that just shows how fucking great of a person he is. Like, I know. Okay, sure, someone's taken extra ten seconds to say a fucking sentence. Who cares? They're a person. Give them your time. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's such a rare thing nowadays. So I, I was watching that and just being like, yeah, fuck yeah, Fred Rogers, goddammit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I never, like, full-fledged cried at all during the documentary, but there were... I would say, like, two and a half moments that I kind of, like, my eyes, like, swelled up, but, it like, nothing yeah. ever dripped out, if that makes sense. I feel like the, I feel like the like social media definitely hyped it up as, like, you guys were, like, we were going to be, like, a tr- like a wreck, like a train wreck the entire time, which well, I didn't I, be- get. Because I, I think a lot of people did swell up, and I would I would guess that's what it was. Like, I... I definitely at one point got enough of a puff in my eyes that like I was like sniffling, but I but like nothing ever like literally I never cr- like dripped from my eyes cried. So I don't know. I think it's just kind of a different definition. We're also three <laughs> mid twenties dudes, and we are in the least likely scenario to be criers. So that that could be part of it. Hey man, I cry like every day. If we watched Dear Zachary again, I would fucking ball. <laughs> yeah, my eyes yeah out. same. God, same. That was awful. Yeah. Awful. Do not watch Dear Zachary unless you are emotionally ready to be destroyed. Can we do our next podcast so, about Dear Zachary. We oh, absolutely please. cannot. You please. need to give me at least another three years before nope. I can watch that movie. Nope, again. we're watching it seven times back to back this week. Yeah. We need, oh we need a review after seven watches. That's the only way uh, it works. Man, I'm just gonna have to drink through this. There's just no <laughs> other way that will help me process that movie again. Oh, the movie is so it's good, but holy fuck, that it's good in a bad up. way. Yeah, it really or, is. Or it's bad in a good way. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> One either. One of too. Yeah, watch it at your own risk. That's really all I can say. Um, okay. Yeah. So, you guys have anything else? That, I don't those are all so. my thoughts. Okay. Um, I thought that we would end this podcast similar to how the documentary ended the podcast. So, before I say that, we'll say our uh, Sean, goodbyes. the documentary didn't end the podcast. The documentary ended the documentary. I just wanted to correct that for you. Thank you. Oh. Okay. Well, what <laughs> Micah just said there. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, we have our info in the links. And, uh, in the links, we have our info. Uh, <laughs> we have our links in the info. <laughs> Do I'm a little off. dyslexic, I guess. Here, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Something's going on. Maybe I should. Our links are book. in the bio. Yes. Uh, I think what Sean's trying to say, we wanted to end this podcast the way that the documentary ends, in which uh, Mr. Rogers would look at his watch and say, uh, "You got a minute? I want you to think about uh, who 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 shaped your life." Uh, to be where you are right now and to silently kind of take a minute and think about that person um am i right sean is that how you wanted to end this 
Yeah, uh, t- for the quote. The quote says, I want you to think of the people who have helped you become who you are. Those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in your life. So, yeah. Let's so, do that. Just, we're going to let you leave on that note, and uh, we bid you adieu, everybody.